This episode of Ghosted in West Virginia is brought to you by Right Live. Weddings, private events, band and DJ bookings, live sound, and more. Contact Right Live for all your event needs. We are dedicated to providing entertainment, promotion, production for all of your special events. Contact them at rightliveevents.com, rightliveevents at gmail.com, or on Facebook at Right Live. Until then, enjoy Ghosted by Right Live. Hey guys, it is I from Gro- Alec from Ghosted in West Virginia. I'm just here to tell you that if you want to help Ghosted uh, become the podcast that you, you know it can be, rate, review, and follow wherever you listen to our podcast and spread the show around. All right, let's really get a lot of people in our graveyard. Let's go, folks. You're listening to Ghosted in West Virginia. Obsessors, oppressors, and possessors. It is I, Alec McCann. And as you can hear, there is, I'm sorry, there is a baby with us as well. Oliver McCann. Oliver, you want to say hi? Hi? Say hi. No, say it. Oh, he's waving. He waved. He's waved. Well, there you go. You get a wave. (laughs) And of course, with me, as always, Julia. She doesn't get to say her name. <laughs> and Oliver just giggled. Ah. Ah. Alright, so we have a special episode. Okay. That was good timing. He. Come on. There you go. Yeah. Oh, stop. You're so freaking cheesy. Well, yeah, you see him shaking his head like, no, no, no. Yeah. So we have a special episode. Uh, I made specifically for Jules called Paranormal 911. Okay. He's excited too. This is terrible. We didn't have enough of you yesterday or last episode. (laughs) We may as well just call this the Oliver Show. I don't want to. Here, have a baba. Yeah, have yourself a baba. Alright, so what I did was I went on Reddit, of course, uh, to find, well, Reddit and a couple of other spots, but mostly Reddit, um, to find uh, EMT first responder um, paranormal stories. Awesome, that's my dream job. Well, I thought you would like this. So this is about this first one's from about six years ago, and unfortunately the author b- deleted their account. 
But it says my brother is a... Oh, did you want to say anything? No, thank you. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. My brother is a deputy, and at the time I worked as an EMT for a a few small towns in northeast Colorado. Man, I couldn't imagine having to work multiple towns because the population's so small. Well, it may be like here, like... Matthias Baker and Warden's. Well, home. yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I I wouldn't want to do that. That's a lot of, have like it's a one one ambulance type thing, yeah. you know. Heaven um, forbid more than one emergency happen. At I time. know. Oof. <laughs> I frequently went on ride-alongs with him while uh, waiting for 911 calls to come in. This took place in Amherst, Colorado. The town is very small. Amherst has about 50 people, a church, some houses. Did you just shush me? He's shushing me. You didn't hear him shush me? Alright, alright. We don't need any more of this. We don't need any more of that. Thank you. Um, Sorry, I had to pause because I could not find my place. Uh, Let's see here. There are 50 people, a church, some houses, a grain tower, and a park. It was about 3 a.m. and we were about to call it a night. As we were making our last check on Amherst, we noticed movement at the park but couldn't tell exactly what was going on because it was pitch black. We drove up and stopped alongside the dirt road, flipped on the spotlight, and as we moved the light around the park, it finally settled on the back of a young... Stop hitting me, you jerk. Why does he have to be so aggressive? Oh, man. I don't know. Um, the, the light finally settled on the back of a young girl, maybe 13, sitting on a swing with her back facing us. We left the spotlight on her. She wasn't moving. She just sat there facing away from us, looking down at the ground. Needless to say, it was a very creepy situation. We both looked at each other with that face you would make when something isn't or is out of the ordinary. <clears throat> I quickly suggested that we should call her over using the PA system, and he agreed. As we looked back over, she was gone. And I mean no signs of anyone anywhere. The park was in a wide open area, and she couldn't have gotten out of sight in the amount of time that we had for our exchange of words. I remember, you and I are going to fight. Put your no. You don't get to say no. You don't get to shake your head. No. Put your hands up. You shush. Shush. Don't stop shaking your head. Oh, I wish you guys could see what he's doing. He's being an absolute jerk. And I'm 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 actually kind of okay with it. It's funny, to a certain extent. You need to stop. I mean, we were Don't supposed to work close. on no, so he's got it. He's got that. He's got no. He's not even shaking his head. No, he's just having fun. Shh, he's shaking it now. Ugh. Um. 
I remember saying, should we get out and look for her? Now, maybe she hid behind one. What is he doing he's now? He's telling me to shh. Oh. He's shushing me, and I'm not even talking. <laughs> he doesn't want you to interrupt. He said this is his you favorite sh- scary story. Um, maybe she hid behind one of the park toys or something. And my brother just looked at me and said, no, and drove away. It still <laughs> creeps me out to this day. This next one comes from apparently crazy, and I did not write down how some of these don't. In fact, I would say probably most of these only have a name, and I forgot to put down how long ago it was written. This is a little long, and sorry for that, but I like the twist of it, I guess. My brother's a firefighter. A few years ago, he responded to a call on a house fire. The neighbor had called in saying the vacant house for sale next door was on fire the house is he has a problem oliver stop how come he doesn't do that unless we're recording he wants to be a part of it that's too much a part that's too much that's too much too much um the neighbor had called in saying the vacant house for sale next door was on fire. The houses weren't too far apart, but not close enough where you could clearly see into the windows. The operator did tell them that you could hear his wife in the background tell or uh, yelling about seeing someone in one of the rooms upstairs. But she seemed rather angry, saying it was all the trash causing the fire to get worse. So, my brother and his co-workers arrived and were able and were able to put it out. He, stop it. Put, where is a binky? Put it in your mouth. And stop it. Go to sleep or something. Wait, hold on. Go to sleep or something. Hold on, I got an idea. So you're probably gonna hear, yes, I know. You're probably gonna hear music in the background uh, from Pirates of the Caribbean. And that is because it'll be the only thing that keeps him calm for a little bit. So while we let this play, why don't we get back into our stories? Um, So the house is on fire. Uh, the neighbor called it in, but he said, you know, they're not really close enough to be able to see into the windows. The operator did tell them that, uh, you could hear his wife in the background yelling about seeing someone, uh, in one of the upstairs windows, but she seemed rather angry saying it was all the trash causing the fire to get worse. So my brother and his coworkers arrived and were able to put it out. He said that there was no one inside, but it looked like there had been a squatter living upstairs. So, it was believed that the squatter caused the fire by accident in the bedroom upstairs, and he or she left after the wife saw him or her through the window. End of story, right? Nope. Of course not. The damage wasn't terrible, so the house was eventually fixed and put back up on the market. A young couple bought it, and after a few months, the police responded to a call on the house by the same neighbors. 
The same man who called last time called about hearing screaming inside and the operator said she could hear the wife in the background yelling about the woman puking everywhere. It ended up being a case of domestic violence and things were handled accordingly. Apparently, one of the cops went over to talk to the neighbors about what they'd heard and questioned how his wife had seen the woman puking when that didn't happen near the windows and the blinds were mostly shut. The guy looked confused and said he didn't have a wife. Never had a woman living there. Creepy. The recording of the 911 call was played back and sure's what is that's not even a word. What is it? Sure as snick. Maybe a sure as shit. Maybe. <laughs> shit. It says snick. A woman was heard in the background. The story got back to my brother and he did some digging. There was only one thing he could find that would give any sort of answer. The reason the house was put up for sale was because the middle-aged woman who owned the house before had died in the house. He actually asked the neighbor about her, and he said that she was a very neat person. Almost OCD about everything. So she's in the background going, it's the trash! Yeah. Oh! And then she's in there vomiting. Come on! (laughs) Everywhere! Everywhere! Come on! Get get someone over there to fix my house. Um, This next story comes from BPG131313. Oh my. Back when I was... Oh, you'll like this. Okay. He's Bobby. Back when I was a captain in the fire department, we responded to a house fire early in the morning. When we arrived... The roof was breached, and the flames had taken out two windows on the second floor of the split level. I just look over, and you're going, ah! We made entry, and even though the roof was breached, the thermocline was about two feet off the first floor. We wouldn't have gone in at all, but a child was missing, and the father and mother had gotten out of the house, but they couldn't get to their daughter's room. What? What kind of parents? Right? Like, I'm not leaving that house without right? my child. Um, the father was being treated for burns on his hands and forearms as he had tried to go in after her. Suffice it to say, they were frantic. Okay, maybe we were being too harsh. Okay. We'll see. Maybe, maybe they tried to do the right thing. Oh, listen to that music, guys. Oh, oh man! So I used to have v- quick quick detour. Uh-huh. I used to have a whole bunch of VHSs of the old cartoons like that, and I watched them all the time. Yeah, I loved them. There's that no talking, just the creepy singing and creepy animated stuff. Mm-hmm. It's probably your favorite. They were my favorite. Um, let's see here. They told us that a room was on the second floor. Second door on the right. Simple enough, we made entry and the stairs faced the door. Rapid bursts from the TFT, I don't know what that is, to the ceiling brought the smoke level up to about four feet from the floor. That's when my hand line man and I saw something that neither of us could explain. I saw motion to my left down on the main floor. Someone was walking around downstairs. I pointed to my hand lineman and he saw it too. 
We couldn't see a body as the person was in the smoke, but we could see the legs and the feet clearly. It looked like a man wearing olive green trousers and leather shoes. I wouldn't say that the legs were dancing, but they certainly were moving in a way uh, to get our attention. We redirect back down the stairs and see the legs go into a door and on the right side of the small hallway. What was that? No, come on. You were so interested in... Okay, maybe you like this. Um, where am I? What was I doing? Um, something about the... They went tea. back downstairs, right? Yeah. yeah. That TFT was way, <laughs> way back there, girl. We redirect back downstairs and see the legs go into the... Into a door on the right side of the small hallway. We both saw the legs go into that room. We get down the hallway and the door's closed. Feeling the door, there weren't flames behind it, and we made entry to discover that we were in a bathroom. The light was on, and curled up in the bathtub was the little girl. There was no one else in the bathroom with her. We broke out the window and got uh, got her to a second crew, keeping the house next door from catching fire. We looked around the bathroom again and couldn't find the man we'd both seen going into the bathroom. There was nowhere for him to hide in there. We withdrew from the house and did exposure control as the house was a complete loss with the fire already ingressing into the living room. The parents had gone with their daughter to the hospital where she was checked and clear. What is going on with <laughs> you? Yes. No, stop it. Stop. Ah, you're kicking me in the genitals. Ugh. I don't want a baby anymore. Put him back. <laughs> the screams are so perfect. Oh. Oh. Oh my goodness. Child. Stop it. You're fine. Ugh. You don't even know, do you? You don't even know. Look here, you can do this one. You know, you know Valhalla's calling. Um, oh, good. And where is okay? So the parents go with their daughter to the hospital. Uh, she was checked and cleared to go later that morning, and the man suffered only first and small second degree burns on his hands and forearms. The family stopped by the station and wanted to thank us for saving their daughter. They asked us how we knew to check in the first floor bathroom, and I asked if they knew anything about a man in olive green trousers and leather shoes. The man pulled out his phone after a minute of thinking and showed us a picture of two old men standing in a lawn. One of them was clearly wearing olive green trousers and those leather shoes. Yeah. The man we'd seen on the first floor had passed away in 1976 and was the man's father. The little girl's grandfather had shown us where she was. Aww. We were all speechless. It's the only time I've seen a ghost during a response. Awesome. That's a nice one. Yes. Uh, this is Hillman2152. I wonder how people come up with these names. Nah, I don't Probably computer generate some of them, I'm sure. I work as an EMT. They're going to be like, why are there pirates singing in the background? <laughs> I work as an EMT in a decent-sized city, 150K. 
Man. It's a decent size. No, she doesn't make a hundred. That's how many people. Oh, that's okay. a lot of people. Um, I got dispatched for a reported fall. When we got there, we found an 80 to 90 year old woman down but alert with solid vitals. Patient stated that she had fallen probably an hour ago and that she had been unable I'm going to pause or I'm going to turn this down. Okay. Okay. Hopefully I got it. Do you remember we hadn't started Hillman, have we? Not yet. Okay, so he's a um it, it, they get there, they find an 80 to 90 year old woman down but alert with solid vitals. Okay, I do remember that. So we had just started it, I guess. Patient stated that she had fallen probably an hour ago and that she had been unable to move at all. While we were getting her onto our scoop, I noticed that there were no phones in the room. We found her and she didn't have a life alert on her. I asked her how she called and she said her son called for her uh, from upstairs. As the patient had dementia, we wanted to ask her son for some additional information on her such as meds, her allergies, and things like that. So I asked one of the cops to go upstairs and find her son for me. He's up there for less than a minute before he starts yelling for myself or my partner to come look at something. What on earth? What's wrong? What? What is this? Ah. Uh. Oh, man of constant sorrow. That's what he's getting excited for. Good thought. That's a good one. That's a good boy. Um, so he yells for this dude or the partner to come up. Uh, and it turns out that the patient's 65-year-old son, who had obviously been dead for at least a day, seemingly uh, from an OD... Uh, we checked him out, called it in, and transported the patient to the hospital. When I followed up with the PD to give them my report on the body, they told us that they had traced the 911 call back to the dead son's cell phone. The patient had fallen on the first floor, and there was no way she crawled to the second floor, called from her son's phone, and crawled back to the first floor to meet us, and there was no way her son had called weirdest thing I'd ever seen. That is super weird. <clears throat> now, all good. He's getting excited. Maybe we ought to put on a fire. What do you think, Oliver? You want some fire? Here's a cozy lake house. Look at that. Oh, that's beautiful. Alright, so this next one is Ren Dead Redemption. Mm. And yes, guys, I know that sounded weird. It sound it sounded weird to say. But it is Ren Dead Redemption. Shh. I was a 911 dis If you're gonna do that, you need to do that up there. Do that up there. No, scream up there. I heard. Oh man. Anybody listening to this in their car is going to be like, why do they keep putting this baby on there to destroy my eardrums? Mm -hmm. All right, so, starting over. Okay. I was a 911 dispatcher communications officer for a rural sheriff's department. 
Normally what happens when we get a 911 call is our Annie Alley, I don't know what that is, um, sure. would populate with a number and address, though the uh, though sometimes these weren't accurate or correct, especially if the caller used a cell phone. So we would always verify the address with the reporting party before sending any units out. Still, we could tell based on the first three m- numbers uh, if it was a landline, which usually had the correct address. One night, I was working a graveyard shift, and I was by myself. Got a 911 call, and oddly, it didn't populate a phone number at all. But it did populate an address into our CAD, which is Computer Aided Dispatch System. Oliver, you were doing so fine just a couple seconds ago. Now you're making demon noises. Stop. Please. I beg you. You make so many weird... Just such joyful noise. No. Please stop. I'm gonna go insane. Oh. Please stop it. You can shake your... Ah! He almost had butted me. Why is he trying to kill me, Jules? This is the Oedipus complex. Oh, Oedipus Rex. When I answered 911, what's your address... Or what is the address of your emergency... All I heard in response uh, at first was a strange garbled crackling and then a hissing sound. That's creepy. And what I can only describe as guttural noises that didn't quite sound electronic, but it also didn't sound human. It wasn't like the typical kind you hear from a bad connection. If I had to describe it, it almost sounded organic. I asked again, 911, what's your emergency? And another moment of the crackling and hissing, I heard a fan, or I heard a faraway, he had a binky in his mouth the entire time, and then somehow deposited it (laughs) with his mouth onto my hand. Put that in your mouth and stop. Ugh. Okay. It's the next day. Like, we tried to finish this episode last night, and it did not work out. So we're going to try and finish this episode today, before I go to work. Dee and Julia's getting dressed. Woo! Yeah. The baby is still awake, but hopefully with he's our... He's always awake. He's always awake. <laughs> <laughs> we, we really did try and get through last night, but he was just... He didn't go to sleep for another hour after we stopped the recording. He was so excited. He sat on Julia's chest, punched her a bunch. It was it was just a special. Now he's taking Darth Vader and showing him himself in a mirror. Oh, precious. All right, so we were in the middle of a story. Yes. This person uh, got a nine one one call. So it says, uh, "I asked again, nine one one, what's your emergency?" And after another moment of the crackling and hissing, I heard a faraway voice that sounded like a child say, Hi. The child sounded very young, like maybe... And I would hang up and lose my job. (laughs) (laughs) The child sounded very young, maybe three or four years old. I switched into a more comforting tone to try and find out what was wrong. After all, calls dealing with children can vary or can be very difficult to get information from and location due to their age 
and the potential trauma that they've witnessed. I tried to ask the child what was wrong, where they were, and if they knew what their phone number was, a name, anything. Most questions the kid replied with just childish noises like they were thinking and trailed off or or just didn't respond at all. I was getting ready to send out some units uh, to go check at the address while still trying to get information from the child, and while I was radioing out some officers, I heard the little voice on the line say, Don't send someone. I want to come see you. (laughs) No. No, thank you. This is where it started to get eerie. Uh Uh-uh. It started to get eerie at... Hi! (laughs) Because I'm sorry. I've called 911. It's not... Hi! Right? Uh, I, um... This was where it started to get eerie. I didn't tell the child yet that I was sending officers, as I had only just dispatched a unit uh, not even two seconds before they said that. I told the kid to stay on the line with me until the officers got to them, especially important since there was no callback number, no call history from that address, and I had no idea what was going on because the child wouldn't tell me or even respond to my questions. I started giving the child some direction, telling them an officer would be there soon and that he would help the kid, and the child said, I want to see you. And then the line went dead. No, and I'd leave. Normally, we would call back. I tried to do the automatic callback, but as it had picked up no number, this didn't seem to work. My officer got to the scene a few minutes later and radioed me to verify the address in the street, so I gave it to him. He calls me on his cell phone and tells me that particular street was a private road that only had two homes, one that belonged to a rancher and one that belonged to a retired couple in their 70s. Neither had any children located within their homes or knew anyone uh, local who had children. The address that that populated the Annie Alley which I don't know what that is. I don't know either. She had to step away. Her <laughs> she her dry shampoo is nothing but static noise. She's got oh look at you teasing your hair. Big eighties. How you doing? How are you doing? Let me I mean I just wanna see what this is. What is that? Stop it. My stomach is growling. Okay. <laughs> um The address that uh, or so he said the address that popped up didn't exist either. What? He was trying to eat this. After bite. Well, he he needs it. He all them times he bit Ryan had a <laughs> bad taste in his mouth. Ryan name. needs some after bite. <laughs> because it was a child, my officer and a few more did patrol in that area, some sur- uh, and some surrounding area, but found nothing. It was one of the strangest calls I've ever taken, and I still think about it. I'm a strong believer in the paranormal, but having worked in law enforcement, I always approached it with a skeptical eye. There was just something unnatural about the call. Sounds I've never heard before on the line. Never heard in any situation. If it was, uh, if it was really paranormal or not, I can't say. It was just really weird. Homie, I think you can say, it was paranormal. Right. 
Or super creepy. No, it's just paranormal. He said the address didn't exist, but it popped up on his computer. True. The number didn't pop up, but the address does. That's paranormal. He's paranormal. <laughs> this next story is from Punisher 2012. Original. Yes. I work in a prison. Ah, the Punisher. <laughs> I work in a prison. I've seen some weird stuff in one particular block that I use to regularly work in. The first was when I was still pretty new and had to do some mandatory overtime on third shift. The cells don't have the old school iron bar doors. They're heavy steel doors with small vertical window so that we can see in. Most cells at that time were dark because it's night. And the lights in the block were on, so as I was doing my rounds, I could see the reflection behind me pretty clearly until I would shine my light in. As I was doing my rounds on more than one occasion, I'd see someone standing little ways behind me, and as soon as I'd turn around, it'd be gone. At one point that night, I was coming down the stairs from the top range. I looked to my right uh, and was about eye level with the floor up there i could very clearly see someone standing on the range just shoes and pants as soon as i looked back up they were gone i don't think i'd work in a prison um the second time something happened there i had four other witnesses to it we had some ojt's on the job trainings uh, come through to kind of learn the ropes and whatnot. So it was me, my partner, and three OJTs standing near the desk. You get away from that toilet, young sir, with that penny. <laughs> he threw a cup in there the other day and clapped. <laughs> of course he did. There you go. Drop the penny there. Thankfully, he doesn't know how to flush yet. He said, I'm going to just shut the door on all of you. So, uh, the inmate showers were directly across from the desk. All the inmates were in their cells at the time because it was count time and they remain in their cells until we get a good count for the installation or institution. <laughs> what is that? The installation of what? More prisoners. The, um, ah, being pushed. One of the shower curtains was about halfway pulled back while the rest were completely pulled back. Again, no inmates out at this time. As we were standing there talking, the shower curtain wasn't all the way cl- or that wasn't all the way closed, cinched in the middle like a hand had grabbed it, and then picked up like someone was lifting it all the way up and then it dropped. I just remember thinking, that's crazy. That's a little more than crazy. Yeah. And looking around to see if anyone else saw it. Everyone's eyes were huge and they kept looking around like they were thinking the same thing. I said something along the lines of, yeah, some of the blocks are supposedly haunted. Weird stuff happens, but sometimes, or sometimes, but it's best to just ignore it. And then went back to our conversation. It seemed to calm everyone down, and we had an uneventful rest of the evening. Those were the main two stories I have out of that block. I worked in that one for a year or so, and nothing too crazy ever happened. Ever so often, I'd hear random footsteps or a few... Uh, or find a light on that I knew I had turned off. I always kept the mentality of just ignoring it, and that seemed to work for me. All right, so this one is My Bruises Shine. 
I imagine that's what the underscoring is, is clapping. I don't know. So, uh, so this next story is from My Bruises Shine. I've shared this story on here before, so sorry, not sorry, for the repeat. I was an EMT when, uh, then, oh, I'm sorry, I was an EMT, <laughs> then paramedic for eight years before, no, not your binky, get away from there. My goodness, you're a full-time job, you know that? I should get paid. <laughs> um... I was an EMT and then paramedic for eight years before becoming an RN. It's a decent-sized city, about 100K citizens, and lots of weird uh, history. This is the story I'll never forget. Well, I want to make sure I didn't do this one. EKGs, no, okay. There was one house we would go to regularly that was beyond haunted. I don't know who or what had died in there, before the then-present patient. There were mannequins in the living room. Several. No, thank you. Never going to that house. I'd be like, mannequins? Oh, you're one of those people. Satan worshippers. Right? I never asked because I didn't want to be in there any longer than necessary. The first time we were called there, I stood on the stoop trying to will my body to go in. The atmosphere was intimidating. It almost felt like the house was saying, come on in if you dare. My partner was male. So I thought, eh, we'll be fine. Oh, another sexism in the workplace. So you feel safe with them and they push you out of the way. (laughs) I did that at the river or at the lake (laughs) because something was coming for us. And I I wasn't, I I barely knew you. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, so the first time, uh, oh, I'm sorry. My, uh, I'm a five four female, and I can hold my own in a bar fight. Threatening presence, I cannot see. <laughs> what? Oh, threatening presences I cannot see are another story. We get to our patient, and as I'm hooking up the EKG, someone backed into me, knocking me off the balls of my feet. Uh, squatting next, because she was squatting next to the couch. I tell my partner to back up, and he says, from what? And I look, and he's on the other side of the couch, nowhere near me. So I turn around, and there's nothing, but I'm eyeballing these mannequins up against the wall a good 15, 20 feet away. (laughs) Exactly. I go back to what I'm doing, and again, I'm knocked over. I tell my partner to knock it off. Now he isn't even in the room. He's wandered into the kitchen to gather his mat or, or her meds. So now I'm on my feet. No way this happened twice for nothing. I turn back to these mannequins again. Now one has shifted slightly away from the wall and is standing with no. its shoulder to it, like no. like James Dean. Oh, um, when before its back was against it. I asked the patient a bit too late if anyone else was in the home. Uh, scene safety should have been first, but yeah. Oops. She said no, it was just her and her cat. Thinking this cat must be a puma or something, I start looking for it. Unfortunately, Peanut was no bigger than the American size seven foot. Seven foot cat? What the hell? Size seven foot. 
Oh. Size seven. I was like, seven <laughs> foot? <laughs> what the crap? What kind of cat is this? That's, that's a main cat. That's, that's, that's a puma. It's a puma. <laughs> oh, man. I had only ventured to the hallway maybe ten feet from the couch. See, there she uses it, right? Oliver, this is a dog food bowl. Why? Why are you so destructive and loud? For fun. He said, that's, that's why, for fun. I'm going to put this shirt on. Hold on, ladies and gentlemen. I know you've had to sit through a bunch of pauses. Let's drop my phone on him. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so she gets 10 feet from the couch, but out of view of the mannequins. And when she walks back, in, or when I walk back into the living room, that dang mannequin was now facing me. Every hair on my body stood up. Nope, not today, Satan. Nope. We package her up, put her in the truck for transport, and haul ass the from or the lady. The lady. I doubt they're putting the mannequin in the oh. car. Why are they packaging someone up? That's what they call when they put them in the bed and hoist them oh. into the thing. They package them up. Um, lo and behold, dispatch sends a request to my tablet for an explanation of a long scene time. I had to put harassed by mannequins and a run ticket without looking like I needed to be on a 72-hour emergency order of detention for a psyche valve. I went back to that house three more times that month. I called from the door for her to come to me. I may be blonde, but I am far from stupid. Oh, look at you and your blonde hair. Are you done? You married me, didn't you? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. This one's just Bobby. Ooh, ooh. I say ooh, ooh, because it's got two O's at the end. Uh, it might even be zeros, but ooh, ooh. I worked as a care worker for the elderly in Scotland in 2012, 2016. That wasn't actually a bad Scotland that I said no. there. In this time, I've seen people come and go, as is usually expected, helping people towards the end of the run of life. I was a runner, meaning I was visiting each person in their own home, so I was always on the move, hence the name. But I digress. One particular day, I went to care for a person. Let's call him John. So John Smith. John. And this dude also doesn't like punctuation. Oh, good. So, except for commas. He likes commas, so I'll know when to pause there. So we're going to call this man John. <clears throat> so I had been visiting John for a few months, going in, helping him, you know, shower, make meals, general tidying, companionship stuff. One day, I think it was a Tuesday, I had arrived at the complex where John lived. I didn't need a buzzer to get in, as with being a medical professional, we get a secret code to enter into the keypad to open the door. It's about 7 a.m. and the whole complex is shut. No warden or people sitting. Do they have wardens in these places? I don't know. This is a prison? Um, no warden or, or person uh, looking. Where, what, where am I? Oh, or people sitting in the communal lounge or any lights on in the corridor. I go to the lift, hop in, going to the third floor. I make my way to John's flat. 
open the door with the key for the carers in the lockbox. Now, usually, I turn the lights on and shout, John, it's my name. I'll pop the kettle on, bud. And he is usually up at that time in bed waiting for me to assist him. He would always respond, I'm in here, pal. And all went as usual. I popped the shower on. Uh, and then flipped the kettle on to make him a cup of tea. And I'm heading to the bedroom. But nobody was there. I knew he couldn't have went far as he was off his legs. And needed my help to shower and move around his home. I checked every room but nothing. I head back down to the lift to knock on the flat of the on-call warden at the bottom of the complex. And finally, the sleepy-eyed warden answers the door, clearly annoyed with me, uh, waking her up. I asks, is John in the hospital? She replies, John passed away yesterday afternoon. And so I call my office to call it in. And find out why I hadn't been informed of his passing. I sat in my car, smoking a cigarette after cigarette, wondering if John had died yesterday afternoon, why I heard him say, in, I'm in here, pal. When I was in the home clear as day, I could hear it. Still haunts me a bit, if I'm honest, as nothing natural can explain it. R.I.P. John, one of the good ones. Listen to the elderly in rambling... They have, uh, they have a say, or they have to say their life experience can always be what? be applied to your own personal struggles of life. The names and the face <laughs> change, but the stories never do. Oh, know <laughs> what that last bit was. Oh, All right, so the next one we have is CWW fifty eight. Ah, he's on my toe. CWW fifty eight says. We occupied a youth center in Iraq. This is a military dude. Okay. Um, and established a patrol base. We also, I don't think we've ever had a military story, so yeah. this will be fun. We included a small courthouse across the street with the perimeter. The building was simple three building, or the, this building was a simple three building that we surrounded with wire and concrete barriers. To secure it, we deployed one squad, that's about 10 soldiers, to overwatch the, both the building and the southern portion of the compound's perimeter. These men occupied the second floor during their shifts. Now, I'm not sure why we never occupied the third floor, but everyone said it was creepy as shit and could cover the same sectors from the second floor. So they said, we can cover the same sectors from the second floor. Is he peeing? What's he doing? Um, all right, well, we'd cleared it at, uh, the begging of the shift, or at the beginning of the, sh- the begging of the shift, at the beginning of the shift, to make sure that nobody snuck in, but would remain on the second floor once we confirmed that all the doors and windows were secure. So they go up, check, and they're like, oh, it's safe, it's safe, and then they're like, but we're not going up there, we don't want to stay up there. That's that's a bad time. That's where the evil women live. <laughs> oh, if my foot could fit this. You leave my sandals be. These are mine. I bought them <laughs> yesterday. 
One night, we got a call from the squad leader in the courthouse. He whispers on the radio that someone has gotten in the wire, accessed the building from the roof, and was running around the third floor. To make things extra creepy, the squad leader stated that he heard kids laughing through the roof of the second story. We immediately spun up two squads who hauled ass over to the courthouse, linked up with the squad leader, and then moved to the third floor to clear the building from the top to bottom. You just took your pants off in front of me, and somehow I'm supposed to not react like a husband? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm changing clothes, thank you. I'm trying to get ready. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get ready, too. Ready for the day Ew. with a smile. Yay! <laughs> um, so they, uh, they linked up with the squad leader, moved to the third floor to clear the building from top to bottom. After unlocking the door to the third floor, they cleared the entire level in the dark while wearing their night vision goggles. <laughs> the soldiers found all the windows locked and all the doors secure. At that point, we turned on the lights and noticed something in the fine white dust that covered the floor. There were children's footprints. These had not been there four hours previous when the squad leader did his initial checks prior to his shift. Weird things continued to happen in that building. The TV on the first floor would turn on, uh, as would the sinks. More footsteps and kids' laughter throughout the night. And finally, the windows would slam open. We decided that we must suck at our jobs and little kids were crawling through our perimeter and messing with us at night. Accordingly, we jammed about 300 rolls of C-wire, which is barbed wire uh, designed... To get the children? Yeah, designed to dig into clothes and flesh in the third story. We installed cameras and trip flares around the perimeter. None of these systems detected anything, but weird things kept happening. We asked some of the locals if anything weird happened in that building. One guy said that back in uh, the Saddam era, he heard a rumor that the Iraqi soldiers killed some kids to deter a local resistance movement, but couldn't confirm for certain if this actually happened. Eventually, we handed this building off to the unit that replaced us and never asked them if anything weird happened because we didn't want to know. And that is the end of our first responders' stories. What did you think? I enjoyed it. Yeah? It's creepy. It it was creepy. I'm sorry uh, that the first half of this episode is a bunch of me saying, please stop, please don't do this, (laughs) stop it. But, you know, please, Oliver, please. you wouldn't listen if we weren't a family. And he makes he makes everything we do very much family oriented. Uh, and a bit difficult. And definitely <laughs> difficult. But I do want to say we do have a couple of exciting episodes on the horizon. So let me just let you know what's coming up in the next, let's say, two Oh, three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks. So we have uh, the Zozo. You are fine. We have uh, the Zozo demon uh, that we had Kathy research for us. Uh, so we have that episode. Uh, the guy that the main focus of that 
haunting is probably the most ridiculous human. So we'll have fun with that. Um, we also have, um, oh crap, we've got one that has three or four stories in it. Now, it's not compilation Reddit stories. They are stories that I researched, but because they didn't have a lot, like, they didn't have a lot of details going on, yeah. I couldn't, um, like, nail down what it was, or, like, I couldn't get a full episode, yeah. so I just mixed some. So we have... Um, the first reported spirit possession in America. Haunted Lakes. Oh no, 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 hold on. That's not in that's not in the episode. I thought we were done with that no, one. No, no, no. Uh we have uh the first possess this is one episode. We have a first possession story, which will be actually funny. Then we have <clears throat> a haunted synagogue in Israel story in the same episode. And then we also have a failed exorcism and uh, Bill Ramsey. <laughs> you better pick him up. Ma. Ma. Uh, and, and Bill Ramsey, the werewolf, a Ed and Lorraine Ooh. demonic haunting. So that's in one episode. So that's two episodes. Then we have... Oh, there's another one I just finished. Did I tell you about it? Oh, that's right. Trucker Horror Stories Part 2. Two. Oh, I'm so excited for that one. Because, like, I couldn't find any Lot Lizard stories. But well, we are a family episode. Oh, you have to be careful with Trucker Stories, though. Oh, we also have the Kasha House. So I guess we have a whole month worth of material and i'll be working on some today because i am on a roll you are and i like having rolls i will try because i have body rolls Ma. Ma. <laughs> all right guys well thank you for listening um i need you to keep your ears open because we may have an announcement here soon uh to give you and to get you excited about um but we want to figure out all the details on our end. But uh, hopefully it'll, uh, we'll be able to get it. And uh, we're, I'm excited to announce this. So listen to our episodes. Listen, Linda. Rate and review our episodes. And subscribe wherever you are listening to the podcast. By the way, thank you for listening. And... See you later. Oliver, do you wish to say bye? Bye-bye. He's waving. He's waving bye. He doesn't get that he has to say bye. Meh. No? All right. Bye. didn't say this in the episode because I forgot to, but remember, all these first responders, they all have the same message. Curl up your feet at night.